Welcome to Halley HealthCast, the monthly wellness podcast from Halley Health, your source for health and wellness resources, information, and tips. Our topic this month is men's health. Here with us today is Dr. Charles C. Liang. Dr. Liang is family medicine trained and currently works in the Transitional Care Clinic at Carl Foundation Hospital in Urbana. His areas of expertise include sports medicine, pre-op, and urgent care. I'm Scott Webb and Dr. Liang, so nice to have you here today. Let's jump right in. We're exploring five health questions every man should ask and why they're important. So question number one, what are the most important tests and screenings to get and when should I get them? So let's start with prostate cancer screening. Prostate cancer is really common in men, though oftentimes it ends up being asymptomatic. So generally speaking, we'll start the discussion at age 50 for an average risk person. If you have a family history of prostate cancer and a first degree relative, so that would be if your father or brother had prostate cancer diagnosed at an age below 65, then you should be screened at age 40 and 45. And also equally important is when should you stop screening? I get that question a lot. And if you're, again, if you're an average risk man, you should be stopping your screening at age 70. Another test that's really important is colorectal cancer screening. And I like colorectal cancer screening because colon cancer is one of the few cancers we can actually prevent by screening. Again, just like prostate cancer, the age of 50 is the time that you want to start screening for this. And that's if you have average risk. Family history, again, plays a huge role in this. You want to start at age 40 if you've had family history and a first-degree relative. It's interesting that with colon cancer, about 25% of people have had a family history. Blood pressure screening is, is also one that's important, and, and that's because hypertension leads to so many other problems like heart disease, stroke, kidney problems. And we already know that for every 20 points of elevation, in the systolic number or, or the top number, and for every 10 millimeters of mercury higher for the, for the diastolic blood pressure, your risk of, of death from heart disease or stroke doubles. So we recommend that you get your blood pressure screened every year. And there's not really an, an age for this one. You should, you should start getting your blood pressure screened yearly in your 20s. Another test that is recommended by the American Diabetes Association is checking your blood sugars, your fasting blood sugar. And this is due to trying to pick up diabetes at an earlier stage than we have in the past. And this is something that can be done once a year. And we recommend that testing start at age 45. That's great, doctor. Thanks so much for breaking all that down. Now, this next one kind of hits home for me because some of my family members have had heart troubles, including my dad who had quadruple bypass just a couple of weeks ago. So question number two, how do I know if I'm at risk for heart disease? You're already doing the most important thing, which is you're aware of your family history. The other thing that you, you should be doing is getting a cholesterol screen done. That'll give you a lot of valuable information, and that should be done fasting. The other question I get a lot is, should I have a stress test done if I'm, if I'm worried about heart disease? And the current recommendation is no. If you're asymptomatic and you're able to, to walk or run without any problems, without any chest pain or shortness of breath, you do not need a stress test. 
There's also a test that I've done sometimes for patients that we're very interested in being proactive about their cardiac history, and that's a, a CT scan. It's a, a low-dose CT scan of the coronary arteries. So that's not to be confused with the CT scan of, of the lungs for, for smokers. So this low-dose CT scan of the coronary arteries picks up plaques or calcium buildup inside the coronary arteries, and it can give you an early indication that you're, bu you're building up plaques inside of your arteries. The CT scan gives us a little more information. So for example, if it shows plaquing beginning already, that, that guides us into thinking that, yeah, maybe, you, maybe we should put you on cholesterol medication now. If, you're, if your CT scan is completely clean, then perhaps we can wait and watch you and maybe even repeat that in a few years. It just gives you one more piece of the puzzle to uh, help you make that decision. Yeah, there's no doubt it's great to have all those you know tools in your tool belt. You know, during lockdown, I've been thinking about working out and wondering how much is too much. So question number three, how do I know what's healthy for my body and my age? Well, the first thing you've always got to do is, is listen to your body. And generally speaking, walking is a great form of exercise. It's safe. And it's something that you can do without going and receiving clearance from a doctor or having a stress test done or anything like that. You can just go out and walk around your block and walk at a comfortable pace where you're able to talk and you're, you're able to sing. That's a comfortable pace. If you, if you do that uh, 30, 45 minutes a day, five days a week, that, that's a great start. Now, if you came to me and said, hey, I want to start running, that's my idea of exercise. I would, I would say, again, if you, if you want to start off slow, always start off slow. When you're running, you want to be able to talk. You want to be, you run at a pace where you're, you're able to carry on a conversation with someone else, but not be able to sing. And you want to do that for about 30 minutes. Now, if you come to me and say, well, I really want to go all out. I want to get that heart rate up. I want to do a lot. Then I would say, well, wait, if you want to go that hard, then, then you should have a conversation with your physician. So question number four, Mental health is hard for me to talk about, as I'm sure it is for others. So where can I go and who can I talk to about my mental health? The first point would be you can discuss this with your primary care provider. And most health systems have extensive counseling services available. One thing I would say is you don't always have to see a, quote, psychologist. Counselors are, are an excellent resource for 90% of, of the issues that patients come, come in with. And I think the, the best individual to help guide you in that would be your primary care provider. You know, doctor, I've got a bonus question for you. During lockdown, I had the chance for a video visit with my doctor. I sat in my kitchen. We had a video chat on my phone. I found it to be more relaxing than our typical visits. And it saved me a trip to the office to essentially have my meds refilled. What are your thoughts about telehealth and telemedicine? Is it here to stay? I definitely believe it's here to stay. I've been doing some telehealth visits as well through Zoom. Carl has, a, has set up Zoom accounts for us, and the patients really like it, just for a lot of the reasons that, that you, you mentioned. I had one patient who was waiting in his car after he dropped his cat off at the vet, so he had to wait. So while he was waiting, we did a Zoom visit, and it was very time efficient for, for the patient. The other thing we find is that people are willing to do a phone visit when they might not be willing to drive all the way in and out, or they're not able to. And I can definitely see when the weather gets bad again, where on a heavy snow day where patients would be canceling, they can do a Zoom visit instead. 
it's definitely here to stay. I do want to throw a caveat in that that I think patients should still be seen once yearly just to check because you do pick up some cues on, on the physical exam that you you might not see. But for for simple refills, for follow-ups, I think that's perfect. It's a perfect idea. As we get close to wrapping up here, question number five, as I get older, what specific health conditions should I be on the lookout for? One of my favorites is sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is more common in men and it becomes more significant as we get older. Sleep apnea is where you actually stop breathing for a few moments and some signs and symptoms are loud snoring and gasping breath. It can set you up for heart disease. It can set you up for atrial fibrillation. Approximately half the people with sleep apnea have atrial fibrillation. Not getting enough sleep, you're basically starving your brain of oxygen. So what else should we be thinking about? I would encourage people to exercise more and keep moving because your metabolism slows down as, as we age. So you need more exercise. And, and exercise increases blood flow to your brain too, which helps keep you alert. And we, we know that that helps stave off things like dementia. Too. The other thing is I would encourage people to, to, to think about more is, is their diet, eating healthy. And by that, I mean, I uh, think about GFS, grains, flour, and sugar. You want to try to avoid eating refined grains, refined sugars, and try to stay away from flour items like cake. So, so cake and ice cream is basically is what I'm trying to say. And trying to eat more vegetables and, and lean meats. And it's, and it's okay to have an egg. It's okay to have five eggs a week. For a while there, we, were, we had talked about eggs not being healthy and not, not good for you, but it makes a difference too. But now we know that it's fine to, to have five eggs a week, for example. It's a good source of protein, good source of vitamins. And I, I would encourage people to uh, take a, a multivitamin every day because your absorption may not be as good as it used to be. And uh, again, going back to exercise, I guess would be the most important thing. That's all well said, doctor. Diet, exercise, testing, screening. We've covered all the big stuff today. You know, I get my flu shot every year, and I'm wondering about vaccinations. So kind of a bonus question here for you. Uh, What other vaccinations should we get, and when should we get them? Well, that's a great question, and kudos to you for getting your flu shot every year. That's a huge step in protecting yourself and and your uh, loved ones. Another immunization that, that slips by people oftentimes is their tetanus shot. You still need a tetanus shot every 10 years as an adult. Most people think, oh, I got that as a kid, but you need it every 10 years. There has been a a change and an improvement in the shingles vaccination, too. Now there's a shot called the Shingrix, which is a lot more effective than the previous shot, which is known as the Zostavax. There's also some benefit to getting the pneumonia vaccination for those patients that are over 65, and I'd recommend getting that as well. Such important advice and such great knowledge. Thank you so much, Dr. Liang, for all your expert knowledge and advice today. And thanks for all you do at Carl. And that concludes today's podcast. Tune in next month and we'll discuss the five most important vaccinations and when to get them. And remember, Halley Health is your source for a wide variety of health and wellness resources, information, and tips. Visit us online at halley.com. Let us help keep you and your family healthy and well.